0: Hello there and welcome to another episode of Thought Architecture. I'm Justin and I thought I'd start with something different today. So here's a quote for you to ponder. Lao Tzu is quoted for saying, If you do not change direction, you may end up where you are heading. If you do not change direction, you may end up where you are heading. And so this is an exemplification of today's episode, which is all about change. Surprise, surprise. A lot of these episodes usually are, but in today, what we're going to go into is spiral dynamics and their model of change. So the thought for you to consider is that if you don't change, where would your life end up? And so for most of us, we want to be able to shift and change things that we're not satisfied with so we can get a better outcome in the future. And so the idea is that something is not working in your life or something is missing in your life and you really want to change something. So in a previous episode, I actually talked about the energy for change. So I'll link that episode in the show notes below. But the very simple point is that if we want to change anything, you know, what can we do? So the model that's being presented in here today comes from spiral dynamics. More on that in a minute. But It's a model that we can use to try and change whatever it is that we want to do. Maybe we want to work out more or we're already working out, but things aren't really moving for us. So what do we need to do within the workouts or food or, uh, you know, seeing friends or changing relationships or just being happier? And how do we go about doing that? So nowadays in, in the landscape, people are being sold transformations you know um I'll come here and get a complete transformation of your physical body of your personality of your work capacity whatever it is um some of them aren't too bad sure but i mean some of them are terrible and we're being sold on this idea of transformation and so there are other ways to change without requiring requiring a complete transformation of self and so what are these okay so spiral dynamics introduced eight types of change and it's very helpful for us to consider that what you want to change and going through the list okay so what is spiral dynamics so let me just uh read you a little bit of of, um what um, spiral dynamics is defined as it's a model of the evolutionary development of individuals organizations and societies initially developed by Don Edward Beck and Christopher Cohen based on the emergent cyclical theory of Claire Graves combined with memetics as proposed by Richard Dawkins. Okay. So, um, basically it's a very, yeah, it's a very cool, um, theory. It's a very cool book. I highly recommend the book if you want to check it out. There's uh, there's a link below that you can click on. It's an affiliate link. It does help support the podcast, but highly, highly recommend the book. It's very, very, very cool. Okay, so Spiral Dynamics introduced eight types of change, and it's very helpful to brainstorm. So let's quickly give a quick overview of these eight types. Number one is minor adjustments. Number two is shuffling. Number three is upgrading. Number four is returning to basics. Number five is challenging one number six is challenging all, number seven is transformation, and number eight is breaking the mold. Okay, so let's go through each one of them together and see how they can apply. So, number one was minor adjustments. Making a minor adjustment is In their their words, like a pilot. Imagine a pilot just adjusting the wing flaps a little bit. Think about it like when you get into a car and you just make a minor adjustment to the mirror so that it's better for your perspective, okay? So a small adjustment. Something already exists in your life You've got it, but you are literally just tweaking it to get it a little bit better. So a lot of the times we think that we need this major change, but actually what's all that, all that's required is just a minor adjustment to what we are already doing. And the largest amount of frustration usually comes before a minor adjustment breakthrough. So if you are feeling incredibly frustrated, it could just be that a minor adjustment is needed and that's it. So, that's quite an interesting one. All right, let's go on to number two. So, number two is shuffling. Shuffling. And shuffling is defined as resequencing something. So, no additions, no subtractions, don't take away anything, don't add anything. It's kind of like a deck of cards, you just kind of shuffle them around. So, the best way that I can explain this is personally in my life, I've been doing a lot more cardio. And the type of cardio is, is the cardio, it's very low intensity, steady state, and it uses a lot of um, you know, fat for fuel. So it could be really, really good for me to make a minor adjustment by resequencing it in my life instead of doing it at the end of the day when i've had food for example and i've already got carbohydrates in my body is putting it at the beginning of the day so you know i just get a little bit of extra fat burn just a little bit of extra so that little shuffle that resequence is the minor adjustment that i'm trying to do in this particular time so resequencing something is also about energy so let's say you get to the end of your day and you make a decision not to work out because you're too tired to work out perhaps putting in your workouts at the beginning of the day might mean that you have more success because you don't have any other option but to go through your day and you've already done your workout so it's already a win so shuffling can also mean prioritization you know shuffling could mean putting things and batching things together that actually work well together so for example if you find that you nap really well after food then maybe after lunch you take a quick 20 minute siesta because everything's in alignment for that but perhaps um, you could say the same thing about a 20 minute walk rather to kind of get your energy up. So what things work well together or at what points in the day do they fit really well? So stop trying to put things into a box of like, oh, it needs to happen at this point in time. Well, no, it doesn't. And so shuffling them around in your day gives you an option to have more success without actually changing anything that you're doing, which is a great idea. Okay, so that's number two. Number three is to upgrade, to upgrade. So kind of like you've got a computer, it already exists, but you just get a better version. You get an upgraded version. And so this is how I like to think about learning. You know, you you try to do something and you fail, you reflect on it and you upgrade it. So learning systems usually require upgrades. But the same thing, for example, if you're um, struggling to accurately track something, you upgrade it, okay? So if we're talking about a change, you can upgrade relationships you know by changing them to be something that's a better version of that relationship that already exists okay Um, by spending more time more energy into it or something like that (coughs) excuse me so upgrading is one possibility so just think about upgrading things um, and a lot of the time this is what I find is that people need to upgrade their thinking models but instead they do the opposite You know, they tend to try and simplify things. And that is our number four, return to basics. So when you return to basics, it's almost like the opposite of upgrade. It's downgrading. Okay. You know, instead of going from like um, a phone to the latest iPhone, you know, it's rather, well, what does it look like to go back to a dumb phone? You know, those ones that were around in the nineties, you can only text and call. You can't really do much else. Um, Getting back to nature is a good idea of returning to basics. If you find that things are too complicated, you know, a return to basics is a good idea. And unfortunately, this this idea of upgrading and returning to basics is where people uh, come into trouble within their lives, within understanding the world around them. Usually they need a much more complicated model to understand something, but instead they return to basics. And the return to basics means that they tend to reduce everything to good and bad, right and wrong um, you know, left, right, red, blue, etc. And so um, what they need is an upgrade of their thinking in that particular case. But when people are not sleeping, for example, and they start buying blue blocking glasses so that they could, you know, work better at night or whatever, you know, perhaps a return to basics is better, which is to say, uh, firelight in the eyes, you know, sun, sunrise and sunset, you know, like that type of light in the eyes as well. You know, the basics, what are the basics? So. In this way, upgrading and returning to basics are a nice pair that kind of play with each other quite often. You know, a lot of the time people over overcomplicate things. Cool, return to basics. If you find that you simplify things and that creates a very black and white perspective of the world and it creates a very difficult time for you, perhaps it's time to upgrade and create more of a spectrum, create more of like a, a dial um, situation where everything is on its own dial without an opposition. Okay, so that's upgrading number three and number four, return to basics. So let's go to number five. Number five is challenging one. And so what this is, is really you only take one aspect of life or your belief and you just challenge that one aspect. Now to challenge one aspect is what you usually do with regard to something like coaching. You know, where, or you're trying to solve a problem and you say, well, what do I want to do? Well, I want to do this one thing. Well, what if that one thing were easy? Why do we think it needs to be difficult? What if it were easy? What would it look like if it were easy? And we're just changing um, one aspect of it, which is the perception that it's hard, and we change it to easy. So, what if exercising, you know, in your mind is like, oh, I just, I don't want to exercise. It's really boring or it's hard or whatever. Well, let's challenge that that one aspect of boring and let's say, what, what what if it was fun? What if it was fun? What if exercise were fun? What would that look like to you? What is fun for you right now? And if we added an element of exercise, how would you exercise so that you could have fun at the same time? It's still hard. You're still sweating and like, but it's fun. What would that look like? And then number six comes in pairs with this as well, is to challenge all. Completely disregarding all old aspects and what we're doing is transmuting like things and having a complete shift. So to challenge everything is the idea of, um, I don't know what situations would bring you to these kind of places, maybe like intense revelations, psychedelics, things like this. I think this is what most people expect psychedelics to be like, is that you will challenge like every single part of yourself. You know, It's a difficult uh, process to go through because how do you define yourself if every single aspect of your life is challenged? But let's just say that we challenge all assumptions around exercise. Oh, exercise is boring and it's hard. Well, that's two assumptions there. So let's challenge both of them. What would it look like if it were easy and it were fun? Okay. Um, And so in this regard, you know, we create a possibility for ourselves to just abandon an old belief, you know, an old perspective and shift it to a new one. Which, which would help us quite a lot. So, oh, if exercise is fun and it's easy, what does it look like? Or who could I talk to that has exercise like this, that has this belief about exercise? So there we go. So number seven, then, we finally get to transformation. Like I said, coaches selling transformations and things like that, you know, that's, that's pretty common. You know, we see before and after photos and we get told it's a transformation. So defining a transformation, according to them, is discarding some old not all, adding some new, and integrating the two together. And so I usually, when I talk to people about transformation, I give them the idea of like the caterpillar going into a cocoon and then becoming a butterfly. And so people think transformation is a great idea, but if we work along this analogy, to be a caterpillar, to change to a butterfly, you need a period of time where you are literally doing nothing. So transformations don't work in the moments where you need them. Like if you get to a point where you're like, oh my God, I need to change right now. Transformation is probably a bad idea because a transformation requires a period of time where you are doing nothing, okay? Where you are looking inward, examining everything, eating parts of yourself before you go out again as as this new thing. So some parts of you need to die. Some parts of you need to absolutely be processed and integrated into something new. So think about it as like the cocoon as well, because... You know, you spin yourself into a cocoon, fine, but then, you know, you devour parts of yourself to then be able to grow new parts of yourself. And that's a very different process there. So, what does a transformation look like? Usually, it's a period of time that you're in that cocoon or that you're away from others that people then perceive that. So, a good example is when people travel overseas. When people travel overseas, they're challenged to hell and all parts of them are really different. When they come back from, let's say, a year abroad or two years abroad, they seem so different. Everything seems to have transformed about them. Why? Because they've integrated new things that have come in, that they've come into contact with that have challenged old beliefs, existing beliefs. So it's very difficult to get a transformation in a short period of time, number one. And number two, it's very, very difficult to get a transformation if you're constantly looking at it. So transformations usually happen as well with very stressful circumstances surrounding the transformation. So, you know, when people are threatened uh, by things, people uh, tend to transform. And so this pairs together with number eight, which is a break the mold type of change. So if I can just quickly give you an example, breaking the mold type of change is Something that is a major change that will change life forever. Aliens arrive. Uh, There's death somewhere. Uh, The loss of a limb, for example. Let's say if you you had both hands and all of a sudden you lose one. Like that would change your life forever. That is a major change. It's a break the mold. You wouldn't even think about a type of change until it happened. As Nassim Nicholas Talib says, it's a black swan event. Okay. So you can't necessarily predict it and you can't necessarily prepare for it either. But it just happens. Um, you can reduce your chances of it happening, but it won't necessarily stop it from happening if it does. Um, So a transformation is a smaller version of a break the mold type of change. You know, if you think about it, um, losing your hand will completely challenge who you are, you would have to cast aside some old, um, and you'd have to add some new and you'd have to integrate it together. And again, it would take time for this to happen. So transformation is a small version of a break the mold type of change. You need to challenge a part of yourself. Whereas the break the mold type of change is challenging very 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 strong beliefs that you have that you know are reinforced on a daily basis. These huge events that can happen. So a, a major break the mold type of change in um, you know like in in systems around the world certainly in the US was like uh, 9/11. And what that meant for security and what that meant for perception and what that meant for just even using the word terrorist before that time was just a political um, idealist who used violence, you know. And so that could be applied to lots of different types of terrorists. And nowadays, like terrorism is used in a very different light. It's used in a very different connotation. So, yes, there we go. So once more, just going all through these eight types of changes. Number one is minor adjustments. Number two is shuffling. Number three is upgrading. Number four, a return to basics. Number five is challenging one aspect. Number six is challenging all aspects. Number seven is a transformation, which is, again, a smaller version of number eight. And number eight is a major, break the mold type of change. And so, if you're looking to change, may I recommend that you ask yourself a series of questions. So question number one, based on minor adjustments, would be, what is something small that I can just tweak here that would give me the result that I'm looking for? Number two is, what could I change the sequence of to achieve the change that I'm looking for? What could I put before another thing or after another thing that could achieve the change I'm looking for? Number three is then, what could I upgrade? What could I make a little bit more complex that would achieve the result that I'm looking for? Number four, what could I downgrade? What could I, what could I do to return to basics? What's like the the basics versions of this that's gonna give me the results I'm looking for? You know? Number five is what's one aspect that I could challenge that's gonna give me the result that I'm looking for? Number six, I would say, is gonna be what perception, what assumptions am I making about this entire topic that I could challenge all of these assumptions? Number seven is then, what parts of me need to be challenged? What could I challenge myself with that would create a new transformation for me? What could I challenge myself with? Could I go overseas and achieve the goals that I want? Could I completely cut myself off from blah, blah, blah and achieve the results that I want? So I wouldn't necessarily recommend major transformation um, without any kind of guidance or forethought or anything like that and then number 8 break the mold change that is the last one and that is not up to you but it's a it's an interesting thought um, you know thought experiment to go through which is to say huh right now the most important things for me are x y and z what could be really crazy that could come into the world that would absolutely prove this wrong okay so in those ways there's a little bit of change theory for you, thinking about what you could change, what you could what you could manipulate, what kind of questions you could ask yourself, and the eight types of changes that Spiral Dynamics recommends. So if you like this episode, please subscribe, you know, give us a five-star review. We're on Spotify, all the podcast apps, etc. But we're also on Substack. And Substack, if you want to really pay attention to what we're doing and you know get notified of all the changes, that's not just the new podcast episodes, but anything else, sign up at uh, thoughtarchitecture.substack.com that link will be in the show notes below. If you want to learn more about uh, change and some of the stuff that we've uh, we've talked about check out the affiliate link below to the book Spiral Dynamics there's an audio book option as well which is pretty cool that's the one I have. Um, you know every little bit helps of course you don't need to use it but it does You know, the link does help support the channel. Also, as I mentioned before, there's also a uh, a podcast episode we did previously called the Energy to Change episode. Um, That's also a pretty cool one when you're thinking about how to change. Okay, so that's it for me for today. I hope you have a wonderful week, a wonderful weekend, a wonderful afternoon, evening, morning, no matter what time and day it is. And remember that my number one desire for you for this podcast is to take this podcast, take the ideas that are within it and make them useful. Perhaps even share them with a friend and start a conversation that's meaningful to you. Have a good day.